You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Laura Mock here. Um, Love your practice. I am a general dentist and a life coach and this is my podcast where I talk about everything that can make your life easier as a woman who owns a dental practice. And today I am interviewing the amazing and very helpful Dr. Ankur Gupta who is so helpful. He is a general dentist himself and co-owns a dental practice with his wife. And um, he also lectures about practitioner wellness. And I've had him on the podcast before. Um, And I'm interviewing him today about a wonderful subject on kind of like how we judge ourselves um, and how we're sort of set up to do that. Um, but also how we can take better physical care of our bodies. So we kind of go all over the place in the conversation, but I hope that you will find it as useful as I did when we talked um, just earlier today. And without further ado, here is Dr. Ankur Gupta. All right. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ankur Gupta. Thank you so much for joining me again. Hey, Laura. It's a pleasure to be with you again. You know, I haven't had very many people onto my podcast a second time, and you're one of them. Oh, really? All right. It's All right a, well, thank you. What an honor. Rare special seat. It's like I've put a crown on your head right this moment. You're welcome. <laughs> so what's been going on with you lately? How's, how's the life of dentisting in Ohio? So, well, the life of dentisting is... I would say the same as usual. We did hire our first associate ever um, last year in July. And we got to taste the trials and some of the some of the big wins and some of the big losses of having an associate join us. And uh, and that's and, and the one greatest biggest win is it has given me and my wife both a lot of additional opportunities to travel without feeling that burden of not being around for an emergency patient or something like that. And that, I, I, what a toll that's taken over the course of the last 16 years, always traveling, but wondering like, what if those veneers pop off mm-hmm. while I'm in India or something like that? And yeah. what and about that crown that I just put on 31? Yeah. Was the occlusion yeah. really correct? Are they going to be yeah. suffering the whole time I'm gone? Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's been great. great. Yeah. Um, and, I, and she's a good fit for us too, which is good. That's it's a challenge to find a good fit. You think, oh, just pick one who's nice, you know, but it's about a lot more than that. Right. Mm -hmm. I have had my associate now for two and a half years, and I have found it to be both amazing and a wonderful challenge and a humbling experience for me to realize that I'm not all that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so embarrassing. Like, so let's say I did a crappy feeling, at least for like the time with the patients would come in to you know, for their checkups and bite wings, at least the only people who would see my crappy feeling was like me 
my hygienist who works for me, which is fine, or my wife who, you know, already knows my flaws, that's okay. But then when somebody new comes and looks at my crappy filling and she's like, you know, um, this patient's constantly getting food caught in that area. It's like, man, I just feel so embarrassed now. You know, it's just like, ah, you know, if only it was just me who saw it, I could have fixed it. And it would have been all good. But now somebody else is like, oh, hey, Gupta, I know your tricks. You know, you're a nice guy, but you're not that good. You know, and uh, that's that's a that's a bummer. Um, but hey, I think that that's life. And actually, it's kind of fun for us to, to coach her because she's starting to become aware of her limitations clinically. And it's nice for her to see two dentists who've been doing this for 20 years who also have our share of limitations clinically as well. Yeah, so I remember the first time my associate came to me at the end of the day and she was like, the crown didn't fit and we had to send it back. And I was like, okay, and? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like, all right. That's like, like every Tuesday for me, you know, what's your yeah. deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I see we're not in dental school anymore. So A, we don't have to have this drama about it. And B, this just happens. Clinical practice is messy sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's why we have podcasts like yours. Right. Because somebody needs to be saying, ladies, you're doing fine. Don't beat yourself yeah. up. This is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you have a role, right? You serve dentists as well. Why don't you tell my listeners like how you see yourself helping dentistry? So actually the one I, so I started teaching about 12 years ago and I was going to my residency program and teaching there. And all I was doing was just telling stories about stupid mistakes. That's all I was doing. I was like, oh, you know, you know, I paid all this money for the stupid marketing thing and I didn't really vet them out. And like, I would just spend an hour not giving them any like actionable, useful material, but just basically telling them stories about stupid stuff I was doing. And for some reason they loved it. And they were like, Gupta, can you come and speak to us again next month and blah, blah, blah. This is really cool. And I never could quite understand that. I wasn't speaking about the traditional concepts that I was used to hearing about. And I think that there was a very, very strong need that people had to realize that we're all a bunch of flawed humans who are doing our best and that you can still be very successful and very happy and very productive and very balanced despite the fact that you're ordinary and you're flawed and there's things about you that suck. Knowing that, you can still be successful. You can still be okay. And I think that it took me a long time to realize that. Like, why, why are these lectures so popular? You know, that, that, that implant that I showed up on the screen, it, it wasn't perfect. It didn't look like some of the implants that I see when I go to CE courses myself, but why am I the one being asked to, to come back? And I think it's because um, for whatever reason in the world of CE, it is not as common to highlight our flaws. Yes. For some reason. And I'm not really sure why that is, but for some reason it's not as common. And so participants thought, oh, this is a fun CE because this guy is, is lamenting about the same stuff that I lament about. Mm -hmm. And he seems to be doing okay. And so 
I've really decided, especially once I became, once I realized that, that's what I decided to make the majority of my content is about what is it about me that kind of sucks. Like for example, um, when I am tired or overwhelmed, who am I the biggest a-hole towards? Is it my spouse? Is it my dental assistant? Who is it? And realizing that they don't really deserve to be treated that way, what can I do different? And the fact is, I'm never going to live a life where I don't have any time where I'm tired or overwhelmed. I, that's like a part of me. And if, if I know that, if I know that I'm always, there's always gonna be times in which that natural tendency to be an a-hole is there, how can I change the way I, how can I change the systems around me so that people aren't suffering as a result of this natural tendency that I have? And that goes to how we carry ourselves as humans, in our families, as entrepreneurs and bosses, how we deliver dentistry, how we handle financial stuff, it's just identifying our flaws and realizing that doesn't have to become who we are. It's just, we are these, these pretty beautiful, wonderful people who have flaws and there's systems around that make them a lot less, I don't know, a lot less damaging to the people around us. If I had to summarize what you just said in one sentence, I would say that you try to spread the message that it's okay to be a human and a dentist and how to build that into your philosophies. Yeah. I mean, think about, I, I think about you, Laura, you are a female, you're a mother and you're a practice owner. Yeah. Now think about the expectations that are put on you. Just, just think about these expectations. You're expected to run a successful practice. You're expected to be a likable, relatable leader, but you're also expected to be a good leader who can hold people accountable and hold firm. You're also expected to have a clean house well-behaved children, you're expected to look good, you're expected to do all of those things. And I mean, let's face it, I bet you in the last month, you have felt the pressure of those expectations at some, in some way or another, all of those. And the fact is, you can't be an A plus at all of those things. Nobody is. Like there's nobody, there's no human on earth that can do can be an A plus at all of those things, also deliver A plus dentistry, also maintain a lifestyle and a routine where you're being as healthy as possible, where you're avoiding certain vices. How? I like like how how does it so it's almost like okay, there's a there's this thing that's a figment of our imagination, yet for some reason we allow ourselves to still feel the pressure to uphold the expectations of that thing, of that imaginary thing. Yeah. And man, that can be really exhausting. And yeah. I know I listed stuff there that women deal with that men don't have to, I don't, I don't have to look good. I, I don't have to- uh, But you do. <laughs> I, you know, there's certain things that, you know, I don't have to deal with that much. If my kids are, are poorly behaved, people will just blame my wife, you know, even though it all comes from me, you know, there's expectations that I just don't have and blame it on whatever, but that's just how it is, you know? Um, so, but it, it, it's either way, those expectations are there for both genders. I think you guys just have it worse. Well, I, I have a life coachy comment about that, if you don't mind. 
please. You know, it's interesting. We spend so much time thinking about what other people are, are thinking or feeling about us. But the fascinating truth about it is that we cannot hear their thoughts or feel their feelings because their feelings are a physical vibration that moves through their body to tell them how to behave. And all we can do is imagine what they are thinking or feeling. And what we do is we take the things, the thoughts about the most vulnerable parts of us, the parts that nobody knows about, you know, like that crappy feeling that I did or that time that I accidentally embarrassed my hygienist in front of the patient or whatever. We take those private things and we imagine them in the heads of the other people. So they're thinking about how shitty we are based on what we're imagining. They're not actually thinking that. And so in that way, the pressure that we feel comes from inside ourselves. Doesn't come from the other people because we can't see what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, there's something interesting about what you just said. Um, So in the past five years, my wife, she follows fashion bloggers on Instagram. Okay. She, you've met her. She, mm-hmm. she likes dressing up nice. She, she's she's fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so she follows fashion bloggers on Instagram and these fashion bloggers, they're, they're super cute and they wear really cute clothes, but they also have really perfect families, like perfect spouses, perfect kids, perfect houses. And it's interesting because prior to her following these people on Instagram, because my wife and I are both relatively tidy people, we often received compliments when people would come stop by our house. You know, let's say my kids' friends would stop by, their parents would be like, oh, your house is always so nice. You know, it's always so clean, right? And we always felt good about that, okay? So this was something about us that was good. Yeah. Then in the past five years, she has developed a dissatisfaction about how we keep our house there's always something wrong. And it's odd for me because I don't follow fashion bloggers. It's odd for me because I'm like, hey, how, when, when did this start? Like, why are you annoyed about um, a stack of mail that we have in this part of the kitchen, but you've never been annoyed by it before? And I realized that she has become subject. She's become a victim of un told, unsaid, and actually unreal expectations. Completely unreal. That were created by an unreal world. They were created by an imaginary world. And she's smart enough to know the internet's fake. She knows it's not real, Mm -hmm. but it still affects her. It still bothers her. And I think, gosh, I I just feel so bad. And, And I know young dentists, they're, they're young dentists do a lot of Instagram stuff. They see these sweet cases of like, you know, eight veneers on Instagram, you know, oh, I did composite veneers on the bottom. Laura, have you, have you ever done a anterior composite that actually you love? I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. All my anterior composite looks stupid. And, and then you go on Instagram, you're like, dude, that person, I mean, that those anterior composites look better than veneer cases that I've done. Right. And how incredibly damaging that's got to be for a young dentist who feels like this, this thing that I'm looking online, this is what I'm supposed to, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, 
that stuff. Well, it creates shoulds in our brains, whether we're looking at fashion bloggers or um, the dentists who put up their very fanciest work that they've done with their fancy photography or whatever. So it's my house should look like this or my dentistry should be like this every time. Um, those should statements or beliefs, I call them beliefs as in their thoughts that we think over and over and over and over again until our brain just thinks, oh, yep, that's Adam. That's correct. I should have, yeah. you know, I should be happy. I should have beautiful contacts that are wonderfully curved mm-hmm. every time and the floss goes, you know, or whatever. So those shoulds sneak into our brains and then we judge ourselves. Yeah. We judge ourselves the most harshly. And I have clients who, who like have physical symptoms every morning before they go to work because they're so heavy into the self-judgment and they don't know how to get out because they can't recognize that they're thinking voluntary things, you know, so you got to picture, realize it's voluntary and then decide if that should statement is something that you want to keep around. So you can't do that unless you really look at it, you know, and, and for a dentist who doesn't realize that that's a phenomenon and they get onto Instagram and they see those perfect cases, it's a dangerous combo. So their brains all set themselves up to expect perfection. Well, it could be a lifetime or a career time of suffering. Correct. Yeah. You never never realize it. You're suffering your whole career and that's tragic. Yeah. You didn't, your brain's desire for to fit into the pack and be perfect just stole your entire opportunity to enjoy what you created and all the people that you helped and the people that you employed and the teeth that you saved it's all gone if you let your brain take you for a ride like that yeah yeah that was well said that was well said laura thank you it's kind of what i do you know, yeah. we were going to talk about physical well-being, but I feel like now we're talking about expectations. It's a really, really fascinating yeah. conversation. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the actual physical manifestations of being burnt out in your job. Yes. And and I, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, and and you've probably seen this too. I have patients that are in their 60s and 70s. And some of them look just so robust and active and they, they just, they, they're glowing, you know, they, they, they're, they're just the pictures of an active adult. And then I have patients who are the same exact age and they fit all the stereotypes of an old person. Yes. And I think where, you know, if you could rewind the clock to when they were 15 years old or 25 years old, those two individuals probably looked very similar. Mm-hmm. And then maybe when they were 30, maybe small changes could have been, um, and you could have noticed small changes, but not that much. So what happened? Like, where did the trajectory, where did the, the, the fork in the road occur? Where did the split occur? And I, and I wonder, you know, when you talk about clients of yours, and I feel so bad for these clients who have these physical, truly physical manifestations of the anxiety they feel about being dentists, this profession that's supposed to be such a dream profession. You, well, know, you can work whenever you want. You can own your yeah, own yeah. business. That's yeah, it's like, like from an outsider's point of view, it's a dream profession. Mm-hmm. And these individuals are suffering 
what are the long-term downstream manifestations of suffering every single day? And I think that it's so valuable that these people have found you because what's going to happen is you're changing the arrow, the vector of that trajectory. You're saying, okay, let's let's create these small changes, these little things, these these non-earth-shattering, non-life change. Just let's let's pull a couple levers here and there, and what we're going to do is we're going to change that vector. And mm -hmm. so, 30 years from now, maybe that person's going to be very robust and active and happy, and they're going to be a joy to be around without instead of being grouches. And it's because of little changes that you made uh, starting now. I really believe in that. I really truly believe in that. It's 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 the same as if you and I just decided that we wanted to start smoking a pack of cigarettes every day starting today. Mm -hmm. We're going to put ourselves in a different trajectory as opposed to if if you and I decided that we're going to uh, do as many push-ups as we can when we wake up every morning. Just imagine the difference. The difference yeah. of committing to one thing compared to committing to the other and it might make for a completely different 70-year-old um, 30 years down the line. And, uh, I really believe in that. Yeah. So we, you and I come at it from different places in some ways, because all I'm doing is helping women have different ways of thinking about something, but you give practical advice on the physical accumulation of our choices, right? Like, like when we did the happy yeah. dentist retreat last summer, which some of my listeners came to, um, it was in Ohio and we went hiking and we did yoga and we even did foam rolling in addition to sitting and listening to how to get along with each other in our teams. Right. And yeah. so what I'm saying is you gave practical advice on the physical part of taking care of this vessel that then sets aside part of our day every week to work on patients, bend over them and pull yeah. out their cheek and dig out a cavity, right? Like there's a physical accumulation of that work, the um, the choices of choosing to bend over and do this, right? Yeah. It, it affects our bodies. And one of the things that you teach both in the retreat and just in your speaking is how to counteract that, right? I do, I do. And uh, you know, the, the one barrier um, that I find when I bring up different ideas on how to change your routine is that people say, I would love to do that. I would love to do yoga, but I just don't have time. You don't understand Gupta. I have, you know, my mother is widowed and she has some health issues. Um, I have to take both of my kids to school. Um, there's, you know, I still have to do the cooking and cleaning and laundry. You don't, I don't have 30 minutes to devote to you know, say posture, wellness, balance, diet, etc. And what I realized is, you know, we always look at wellness as if it's a 30 minute to an hour thing that we do every day. Don't you kind of feel that way? It's like, oh, I want to become healthier. So therefore, I'm going to go to the gym for a half hour. I'm going to go for a half hour jog. It's almost like somehow society has, has, convince us all that 30 minutes is the bare minimum. But I want you to think about something, Laura. Um, how, what are the chances that you're going to lose all of your teeth before you die? Me personally? You, you. Oh, it's pretty low. 
Zero, zero. I, th- yeah. I can almost guarantee, I can put money on it that when you die, you're going to have teeth in your mouth. Okay. So the question is, why is that? Like, why are we so confident? And it's because for the most of us, most of us adults, you, me, and probably everybody listening, we devote four minutes every day to an activity mm. that, that ensures optimal dental health. Four and, minutes every day. And, and it doesn't I matter. Eat in a healthy way. That's good. You, you do, you do. But let's say you didn't, let's say you okay. didn't, let's say you ate kind of the standard American diet, right? You drank pop and ate burgers, whatever, but it doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't matter your kids, the, the dental practice, the commute, all of this other stuff. It doesn't matter. You basically, even on your busiest day of your life, probably you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. And moreover, when at the end of the busy day, when you were ready to collapse, you just wanted to lay in bed, you still spent those two minutes and you brushed. It's a weird thing, right? It's a weird thing. Maybe you didn't do it for a full two minutes, but it's this weird thing. We have this non-negotiable routine. And as a result of that non-negotiable routine, we most likely, we will keep our teeth for the rest of our lives. Now, if I were to ask you, what age are you gonna be when you start having back pain? Or what age are you gonna be when you start losing your memory? What age are you gonna be when you start having, all the old people stereotypes, we can't say with confidence, like, oh no, I'm not gonna, no, it's a 0% chance. There's no way I'm gonna, uh, there's no way I'm going to develop back pain as I get older. There's no way that I'm going to, um, that I'm going to lose memory as I get older. Because we just have this, it's, it's, we don't have a part of our routine that guarantee that I can't say guarantee, but we don't have this part of our routine that almost guarantees the elimination of the accrual of these problems. Mm-hmm. But what if we did? What if we spent one or two minutes every day doing certain things? Mm-hmm. Not 30 minutes, but one or two in which the muscles in the back of our neck are given a chance to strengthen and restabilize if our wrists and our hands got a little bit of a chance to move in a direction opposite to that curled up way that we are holding our instruments. What if we just did that one minute or two every day? Wouldn't you say that that would change our trajectory? Absolutely. It would move us in a, and, and I really believe that that is, that's kind of the key to this, mm-hmm. is let's make it so that every dentist out there knows what that 90 seconds to two minutes entails, you know? So, so everybody who's listening right now, what you can do, unless you're driving, and most of your, I bet you a bunch of your listeners are driving right now. Okay, so let's actually use the driving one. Okay, so those of you who are listening right now and you're driving, you have a headrest behind you. You have a headrest, right? The headrest mm-hmm. of your car. Yeah. What I want you to do is I want you to smash your head against the headrest so you get a double chin. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how attractive you are. Smash your head against your headrest. Have all that like flesh under your chin um, bunch up. Just do that. Smash and then relax and then smash it again. And then relax. I like the sound effect you're making when you do that. Yeah, I know. I love it too. (laughs) Do it two or three times. So in my car, I actually, I took a selfie of myself with the double chin. I like smashed my head. I took a selfie. I laminated the selfie and then I have it hanging from my rear view mirror so that when I'm driving, I look over and I see, oh, there's that picture of me. And I basically spend maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds 
smashing my head against my headrest. Now what I'm doing is I'm developing a muscle that's counteracting the tendency that we have to look straight down when we're looking down at a laptop, a tablet, or a screen, right? I'm counteracting the potential of developing a hunchback as I get older. Oh. One little thing. And you know, some of you are like, well, that's 30 seconds of my life, Gupta. No, it's not. It's zero seconds of your life. Because mm -hmm. you're going to be making that commute no matter, you're, you're making that commute no matter what. So you're not adding time. You're just, you're literally reminding yourself to smash. And that's all I talk about. What are the small things we can do different? Yes. Can I add a coachy thing to that? Yes, please. I heard you tell me what people say to you after your presentations, which is, I wish I could do that, but I don't have time. Okay. Yeah, I'll always. Yeah. That is a thought in my, my model yeah. that I teach, right? It's a thought, which means it's voluntary. And it might be one that you've thought many, many times, but is it a fact? Would everybody agree that you don't have time? And the only reason I'm asking is because if it's not a fact, if it's a thought, that means you can choose to believe it or not. And yeah, you can choose so to think something else. Like I deserve this 30 seconds or this zero seconds of next smash, right? Or I deserve to take care of myself. I deserve to be well. And this is how I choose to do it. And just, you know, tweak how you're thinking about it so that you feel the way you need to in order to take the action you want in your life. Yeah. And remember, none of us have time to brush our teeth. Right. None of us have time. We're all too busy. We make it. Somehow we because do we, it. Yes, because we do of it. how we feel and believe about it. And, it. and it became part of our routine at some point. And now it's non-negotiable. Right. So what are the other things we can do that are non-negotiable? So yeah, Laura, I've, I'm taking up all your time. It's already 12.50 or 11.50 in your time. I know that your podcast has a particular level of timing. I was just enjoying the convo too much. I apologize. Well, for it's really, we, we just bounce off of each other every time we talk because we're both here for our fellow practitioners trying to help them have better lives, right? We yeah. just do it yeah. from our own expertise, but you have something that you're doing this summer for your practice. Let me tell you about it. Yes. Yeah. Well, Laura, you know about it because you spoke at it last year mm -hmm. and you're speaking at it again. It's called the happy dentist retreat. Mm -hmm. And it is a CE event, okay? So it's a normal CE event, just like any weekend dental CE event where you might learn about implants or cements or something like that. This is a CE event. So I have you, me, and four other speakers, and we're going to be talking a lot about practice management, about team harmony, about um, case presentation, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, so you'll get CE credit for it, 10 but then also I've, um, I've secured a yoga instructor. I've secured a stand-up comedian so that there is the happy part of the happy dentist retreat. Mm -hmm. That's where we can instill a certain level of, of balance and activity along with the sitting around listening to lecturers lecture. Mm -hmm. And last year we had incredibly positive responses to people's experience at the Happy Dentistry Retreat. The only negative was that it was in kind of a faraway place in Columbus, mm -hmm. Ohio. And it was hard for people to get to. Yeah. So this year it's actually gonna be in Chicago. Um, so it's very convenient. It's about 20 minutes away from the O'Hare Airport um, at a very nice resort called the Eaglewood, 
Eaglewood Resort in Itasca, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And so for those people who are kind of thinking like, oh, you know, I haven't taken the team on a great team building type of CE event. I haven't done a team building workshop in a while. This might be a perfect opportunity. It's July 29th and 30th in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's called the Happy Dentist Retreat. And the website is thehappydentistretreat.com. And because your brand, Laura, is called Love Your Practice, yeah. um, I have included a coupon code called LOVE, L-O-V-E. Uh, I've, I've included that coupon code so that your listeners, if they do decide that they want to register for this, mm -hmm. that they'll get a nice discount. Um, they'll get a nice discount by applying that coupon code. Oh, yeah. So hopefully that, that sweetens the deal a little bit. Yeah. Well, and anyone who's listening, I mean, this was not your typical CE event. This was like interactive with your team. So much fun. Like, I can't think of a better way to spend a weekend with your team. And it kind of spilled out into the evenings with so many connections made with other like-minded teams. You know, we had that little wine tasting thing that we did. And of course the comedian was amazing. So yeah, if someone's like, what, how can I reward my team? This is a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. I'm excited to be invited back. Thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure to have you really, really. You're, you're, your presentation opened my eyes quite a bit. And so I thought, oh no, this is a no brainer. I definitely want to have Laura come back and, yeah. and um, psychologically coach me some more. Um, yes. And so, so my wife and I both felt that same way. Good. So Good. yeah, great. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to, um, to talk to us today about well-being, you know, and I love our extemporaneous talk about expectations. Like that's really important. And I hope a lot of people hear that. Um, cause we do, we judge ourselves through other people's eyes and we don't have to do that. We can just be kind yeah. to ourselves. All right. And I'm sure we'll have you on again. And I will include, um, the notes in the notes, the happy dentist retreat and the the coupon code for anyone registering. Okay. Oh, great. All right. Thank you, Laura. All right. We'll see you again soon. Okay. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.